Good evening, everybody. Yes, my name is Dr. Bill Pekesta, and as it was stated earlier, this is going to be recorded, and if you want to listen to it again, it will be available at www.airsla.org, and also at the Braille Institute webpage at www.brailleinstitute.org. And tonight we're going to be talking about the importance of vision stimulation as a part of your child's everyday routine. And especially with this being summer vacation coming up here, we also want parents to remember that just because your child may not be at school or receiving as many services, this doesn't mean that we could take a vacation from some of this. Now, one of the things that many parents often ask is, should I really be setting up a time of the day to be doing vision stimulation or some of these other types of vision activities to develop vision? And the answer to that is actually yes and no. Yes, in the sense that for some children, they may feel better, they might be more alert, or it just might be a better time of the day for you to perform some of these activities with your child. But then on the other hand, we also would recommend that you're doing activities constantly throughout the day. In other words, vision stimulation doesn't have to be as treacherous as running for 30 minutes every day or doing 55 minutes of aerobics or lifting weights for one hour because it really isn't that type of a device where we're really trying to stimulate muscle development and such. What we're really trying to do is we're trying to make neural connections within the brain to develop further vision. So the first thing that we're going to talk about tonight is just this whole concept of vision development. And that's right. Vision is something that is learned and it is developed. The way that we don't know this is from different types of studies in the past where scientists, they perform experiments on animals. And with these kittens, they found that if kittens did not receive enough light and colors and patterns and other stimulation, their vision did not develop. In other words, kittens, if you sutured their eyes shut, they did not develop vision. These kittens were blind. But the really interesting thing what they found is that these kittens who were blind because they were deprived of vision stimulation, the brain cells in the back of the brain, they were not fully developed. And we know that this part of the brain is called the occipital lobe of the brain. Now, they then did some other studies where they then started to stimulate the eyes of the blind kittens. And lo and behold, they found that those blind kittens did regain vision. When they then looked at the brains of these kittens, they then found that those brain cells that were before too small were then developed. So the point to all of this is that we do know that we do have to provide children with vision stimulation in order for their vision to develop normally. I remember years ago when I was in practice, there was a time where there were so many Romanian orphans coming to the United States, and when we looked at these kids and examined them, we found that their vision was very, very poor. We looked at their eyes. Their eyes were perfectly healthy. We'd measured them to see if they needed glasses. They did not need glasses, but the reason that their vision was so poor was because of the fact that the brain did not receive enough stimulation. So we now know that for children, it is the first five years of life that are the most important time to stimulate and to develop vision and to allow these brain cells to grow. 
So what you want to do is you want to make this vision stimulation as a part of your everyday routine. You know, it begins as soon as you wake up your child, you're beginning this type of vision stimulation. And by making this into a habit, virtually everything that you could do in your everyday life can be converted or changed into some sort of vision stimulation. Now, before you start the vision stimulation, it's really important that you first see an ophthalmologist. Now, the ophthalmologist is a medical doctor who specializes in surgery. Now, you can't just see any old ophthalmologist. You really want an ophthalmologist that specializes in pediatrics. And then you want to find a pediatric ophthalmologist who's going to specialize in the type of condition of your child. So, if your child was born with glaucoma, you want a pediatric specialist that specializes in glaucoma. If your child has a retinal condition or might have had a retinal detachment, you want a pediatric ophthalmologist that does specialize in retinal surgery. Now, after you find that type of ophthalmologist who can do those medical procedures that are necessary, such as reattaching a retina or perhaps performing cataract surgery to allow the light to focus into the eye better, or even in some cases, the lenses of the eyes have to be removed surgically in order for them to repair the retina, which is the inside tissue of the eye that converts light into electrical signals so that we could see. So in these cases, when a child has had cataract surgery or a child just might need glasses, it's very, very important that the child is measured for glasses as soon as possible. The reason for this is that if a child needs glasses and does not have glasses, the images, such as the image of your face or a flower or a toy, when that focuses inside the eye onto the retina, the retina is going to perceive it in a very blurred way. And when it sees it in a blurred way, it's going to send a very weak signal to the back of the brain. And if there's only a weak signal, it's analogous to having just a droplet of water going through a hose and your lawn isn't going to become as green. So we want to go ahead and first of all prescribe those types of glasses or contact lenses to help the light to focus onto the retina more sharply and that's then going to send a sharper signal to the optic nerve and it will eventually reach the brain. Now when children have vision impairment we often have to do a few things that are going to be a bit different. Many children who have vision impairment, they often don't see much more than light. So we often have to help them by presenting them with different types of toys and patterns and other stimuli that could be much, much more stimulating. So some of the things that we want the doctors to do is to provide us with the information that's going to be most important. First, we want to find out, can any type of surgery be helpful? If your child needs cataract surgery or retinal detachment surgery, these are things that are very important to have done right away. Next, after that has healed, we're now ready to prepare the child to wear glasses. You might want to massage the child around the eyes and the bridge and the temples so that he or she is ready to wear glasses and then you can have a low vision optometrist prescribe glasses for the child. This is something that's actually very, very easy to do 
because the doctors have an instrument that shines a beam of light and when the doctor looks inside the beam of light onto the retina if the doctor sees it blurry the doctor knows that your child is seeing it blurry so let's say that a child has had cataract surgery when the lens is removed the light is going to focus very blurred onto the retina so a child might look at something and maybe the only thing they could see is light now the optometrist will use his or her instrument they could see what power lens is needed and they could insert different types of lenses and these lenses are going to focus the light onto the retina and this could really make it so that they see much more than light they might then see that the TV has different types of images on the screen or they might notice that you actually have an eye and a nose and an ear and you're not just a shadow so after the child has been prescribed these glasses you want to then start to begin the vision stimulation by having the child wear the glasses during things that your child really likes many children like to be swung and carried up in the air and play superman or they might like to be bounced on your knee or they might just like something that's more calming like listening to music or a warm bath or food so if they do have some of these things that they really enjoy that's the time to put the glasses on so that the child associates something fun something good is going to happen as soon as they wear these glasses and in this way a child will be much more cooperative in terms of wearing glasses another nice thing about glasses is that the glasses also protect the eyes it protects the eyes of your children from trauma because we know that many children all children they often fall and they might be trying to stand and then they bang their eye right on the corner of a coffee table or we see other times that children might actually not see a cupboard door in the kitchen that's been left open and they might walk right into it so in these situations glasses could be very protective almost as a shield now glasses nowadays though they could be really really thin and lightweight there's a material that's called polycarbonate that we like to prescribe for kids glasses because it's the safest material in essence it's actually bulletproof and they make many of the different types of presidential limousines using this type of a glass for the windows another thing that this type of a polycarbonate lens material does is that it filters out the ultraviolet rays of the sun we know that when a child has a retinal condition we know that they're very susceptible to problems from the ultraviolet light so the polycarbonate lens material it's absolutely a hundred percent clear but it actually filters out all the ultraviolet light many people aren't aware about the fact that a clear lens can be very protective a lot of times people think that they need to put sunglasses on their child to protect from the harmful rays of the sun and when they do put on these dark glasses most children with low vision can't see very well with the very dark glasses so these types of polycarbonate lenses work out very very nicely the next thing after your doctor has told you whether or not your child will benefit from glasses is you then need to find out what's the best distance what's the best direction and what's the best lighting and type of visual stimuli that's going to really help to develop your child's vision we know that depending on the age of a child there's going to be certain distances that they're going to be more attentive to 
For example, a newborn child is most interested in looking at objects that are about 8 to 16 inches from the eyes, and they typically won't have color vision. They see better if it's black and white, and very interestingly, similar to the shape of your eyes, they're more interested in looking at round circles. So let's say that you have a child who has recently had surgery, or your child might be 9 or 12 months old, and they have had cataract surgery. Your child probably has not had the visual experiences that are necessary for normal type of vision development, and it would be a really wise thing to go ahead and start back and use the black and white so that your child is going to get that type of stimulation and experience to help them to develop the maximum level of vision. We also want to find out what direction. We see that some children might have blind spots in their peripheral vision, so it might be better that we present all the toys and other things on the right side, or maybe on the left side, or it might be above or below, and your doctor can tell you specifically that. Where should it be positioned, and at what distance? The doctor is also going to tell you what would be the best type of lighting. Should you be doing these activities while you're outdoors? Maybe in the morning sun you might put a nice clean sheet on the grass and you can put all these different toys because the bright sun is going to really make these images such as the toys very very bright and sharp so that the child could see it easier. But other times you want to do some activities indoors so your doctor will tell you what type of lighting. Should it be very bright? Should it be moderate? Or should it be dim? Should your child be facing the windows? Or would it be better if your child's back is facing the windows and doors and sources of glare? If you have a very dim home, you might consider just making one section of one room, maybe your child's room, where you might paint a couple of the walls there a lighter color so that it will increase the brightness. Or, many times we've had many of our parents who would use contrast. Some of the floor moldings, they will actually paint the floor moldings a high contrast color. It might be a blue or it might be a mahogany brown. And others have even gone to the extent that they've put in new crown molding because they wanted their house still to look, you know, really, really nice and fancy. But they realize the importance of the contrast. So many kids, when they're about six to nine months, they start to crawl. And some of these types of baseboards could really give your child the visual input, which is going to help them to crawl. And it's also going to stimulate those visual areas of the brain. Remember, the main thing that we're really trying to do is to, again, stimulate those regions of the brain. Now, when we talk about the vision stimulation program being similar to a lifestyle, it really begins as soon as your child wakes up. If we think of it pretty logically, when we wake up our child, one of the first things that happens is that we usually are going to go into the room. Now what you're going to do is you go into the room and you want to set the light level the way that the doctor had recommended. You might want to go ahead and put a certain type of a light fixture if you have a very, very dim home. And you can get some of these types of floor lights that will shine the light to the ceiling and it won't cause glare to your child's eyes, so he or she is going to be able to use his vision better. If your child has had lenses removed or a cataract surgery, or if your child just needs glasses, as soon as you're going to wake up your child, I recommend that you slowly approach the crib or the bed and just talk to your child. You know, tell your child, okay, we're going to wake up. 
we want a soft gentle voice so that the child doesn't startle and become very afraid of people many times when children don't see well if you suddenly pick the child up out of the crib they're so startled it almost feels like that somebody's just snatching them out and it really causes a lot of tactile defensiveness and other types of aversive behaviors so just slowly talk to the child as you're approaching then just slightly put your hand on very softly so that they could start to feel it and as you notice they start to awaken just be quiet talk very very quietly until they're sort of awake now at that point I would then go ahead and use words and say okay we're gonna put on your glasses and as we put on the child's glasses it's something that again they will start to learn that that word that you said means that the glasses are coming on and before because we always put the glasses on only when it was something fun the child often associates that something fun's going to happen what you may then do is you might then go ahead and position your head at a distance of eight to twelve inches away from your child and move your head from left to right and up and down or you might go ahead and throw a little blanket over his or her face and then remove it so you're playing peekaboo or you might do other things where you can get a flashlight and put that flashlight just right there near your chin and shine it upwards towards your nose and this is something that's often gonna illuminate your face kinda like we used to do as kids during Halloween and as you then watch whether or not your child is then tracking your face notice to see whether or not the head is turning to try to follow or your child starts to laugh as you're playing peekaboo so this is something that's just a way that you're providing vision stimulation just when you're waking up your child and it's not causing or forcing you to do anything more next if you want to then go ahead and dress your baby or even change a diaper you might want to go ahead and get a high contrast t-shirt and just tell them we're gonna get dressed and as you're putting on the t-shirt don't just put it on your child move it from one direction to another so that it will stimulate the peripheral vision and your child will then turn his or her head to then look at it once they look at it move it into a different direction maybe on the opposite side until they turn their head that way then at that point go ahead and put on the t-shirt and then repeat the same thing as you're putting on shoes or socks and other things and it's really very helpful to use very high contrast colored clothing this is something that makes it really much more visually stimulating for your child and it's also going to be something that really makes it very very nice in the sense that as you're dressing you're also doing some vision stimulation for other kids they might like it that when you first awaken them that you might use a different type of a toy as they're still there and they're looking and they're excited you could use something like a high contrast black and white drum or it could be a red and white drum you can make these with different types of patterns that the Braille Institute can send to you and you just tape these to a two liter soda can or soda bottle and you could spin it and many kids who have neurological vision impairment really like to look at that or other children who have retinal conditions they really like that type of motion and this stimulates the brain very nicely other types of things that kids might like is you might just keep a pom-pom Toys R Us sells these glittery pom-poms and you could just keep it right there in a toy box that's right near the bed so that your child could then look at these things as you shake it as you're waking up your child 
Well, next, it's time to go and feed your child, and we could then use vision stimulation at that same time as well. If you're feeding your child and your child's shrinking out of a bottle, use a high-contrast colored electrical tape and tape it on the baby bottle. If there's formula or milk, the high contrast of a black and white or a red and white tape that's on the bottle will mean that the child will be able to see it easier. Again, you want to move it in one position so that your child could locate where it is. Once they locate where it is, move it to a different location, and then they're going to try to find out where it is. After you tease them maybe two or even three times, then you want to go ahead and bring it closer to their mouth so they can then drink. And at that point, they identify what it is. They then learn, wow, this is my milk. You could do the same type of thing as you're feeding if your child eats foods. If your child likes to eat different types of cereals that are light in color, pour the milk and the cereal into a dark bowl. The dark bowl with a light colored cereal is going to create a very nice high contrast situation. If needed to, you could even put a small little table lamp on your kitchen table. Uh, for many kids who have retinal problems, we find that using something that's called the OTT lamp, O-T-T, the OTT lamp, which are available at Office Depot and Staples, these are lights that are really nice because they don't get too hot. You don't have to worry that a child's going to burn his hands or fingers on the light bulb. But also, it's what's called a full-spectrum light, so it really illuminates things very nice and evenly, which makes it easier for them to see the food. You might then go ahead and use different colored placemats. Go to the 99-cent store or even to Staple or other places, and you could use different construction paper so that the plate or the bowl or the cup that you're using will be contrasted on top of that construction paper which makes it easier for the child to see. So even as your child is eating you could do some vision stimulation at that point in time as long as you're setting up the environment properly. Now after that it might be time that you've done the dishes and things and you're just ready to play and there's a lot of different things that you can do. Now that it's the summertime, you could take your children outdoors. You might go ahead and find a nice area and position them such that their back is facing the sun. You don't want your children to look at the sun because it's going to be too bright. But if their back is facing the sun, you could get a gray sheet and put it out there on the grass. And there you could put different toys. Some of the toys might be a beach ball where it has the high contrast colors. Or you could get a soccer ball or go and buy a bunch of the different high contrast fluorescent Nerf balls and just put them out there on a gray sheet and let your child try to find where it is. That's the important thing that we start out with first is where is it. Make them aware of their visual space. Put things on their right, put things on their left. And it's definitely encouraged that you use sounds. If you have a toy that makes sounds or a ball that has a bell in it, similar to some of the cat bells. These types of uh, cat bells are a ball that's glittery and there's a bell inside of it. Those are some really nice toys because you could bounce them and the sound helps them to localize where things are a bit easier. There's other toys that you could find at Toys R Us such as the Bumble Ball. This is a little ball that it's usually yellow with blue and it has all these little spines coming out of it and it bounces up and down and makes noise 
and that's a good way that a child will then search and track and follow and develop the eye-hand coordination. Another nice thing that you could do over the summer when you're outdoors is that you could even do bubbles. You might want to blow bubbles or you could get some of the mylar balloons that have the highly reflective type of metal appearance and let the child go ahead and hold on to that. Tie the ribbon which is attached to the balloon to his or her wrist and when they move their hands up and down they're going to notice that the balloon is moving or there might be a slight breeze and that breeze is going to move the balloon. Another nice type of toy that's good for the summer is a lot of times you'll find these glittery metallic looking pinwheels and some of them can be pretty nice in large size and we know that many children who have cortical vision impairment love to look at things that are moving and spinning and changing. So you'll see that there's different sizes of these. There's some of them that are even attached to a little water bottle and there's a battery in there so it sort of spins and it, you could spray water. So it's sort of a fun thing that you could do where you're keeping the kids cool outside. Another thing is kids would often like to be in the swimming pool. The swimming pool is a good way that they could often be having a greater range of motion. They don't have to fight gravity as much. So you could find different types of inner tubes that are designed for very small kids or they have different types of things that you could put on the arms to help them to float. But inside the water you could also use visual stimulation. You again might use some of the different types of beach balls and put them inside the pool. Many times people have pools that are connected to jacuzzis and there might be a little drain like a waterfall and a really nice visually stimulating thing to do is to put some of these types of beach balls right under where the water is coming from that waterfall and this is a way that you will see the ball start to spin and it's very very stimulating you could also use some of the different types of safety features in the pool where many times you'll see they have the ropes that have the high contrast floaters and you can go ahead and position those things in the area that's around your child on the left side and the right side and as they're trying to float then this is something that they can actually see where these high contrast little buoys are and this is a great way that they can have better orientation of where they are in space other types of things that are really nice to do because of the warm nights in the summer is that you could also use different things with fireworks Many times there's different types of toys such as sparklers and things. But again, obviously with adult supervision, you can go ahead and do some things with some of these sparklers. There's other types of toys that you might have seen at some of the Disney shows. I know every time I took my kids to one of those Disney on Ice things, they had all of these little toys. They were flashlights and you can spin them and so that the little character will then spin and the light is going to rotate in a circle. So this is something that kids often like to look at. You could play with these things at the nighttime simply because the summertime the weather is nice. You could use other types of things where there are different toys that have glittery lights that come out of it. These are fiber optics. They might look like a pen light and you might see a whole bunch of little wires that look like fishing line and when you turn on the light all of those little fibers will tend to light up so it might look like a mushroom or other types of shapes and this is something that's very very stimulating another nice thing over the summer is that you could also use some of these things that glow in the dark 
There's necklaces that you could put on yourself and your child, and they can actually see the glowing. We know that these types of iridescent types of colors are, again, often very, very stimulating. So you could do things, or if your family's going camping for a vacation, you could still do vision stimulation throughout that entire vacation. Looking at a campfire, the glowing of the flames, you might just blow on it, or you might get the newspaper and fan it a little bit. Make those flames move, and the motion of it really stimulates these different areas of vision. You might also do other types of things over the summer, such as going to amusement parks. You can get close to some of the things, such as the aquariums. Uh, I know that in La Jolla and in Long Beach, they have some beautiful aquariums. And these are often very helpful for the kids because the background and the environment's dark, but they have it illuminated so that the fish are illuminated. So they could see the move, motion of the fish and they can do this type of tracking with their eyes, which is very, very nice. If you're just going to the park and your child's a bit older, you could do things where you're kicking the soccer ball and developing the eye-foot coordination. Or you could teach your child how to catch by using some of these high-contrast colored balloons and tapping it in the air. The balloons are going to move very slowly in the air, and this is something that really stimulates their use of their vision. So overall, these are just some of the types of things that you could do as just part of your everyday routine. These are things that you don't have to really use other types of special equipment. But in your everyday routine throughout the summer, you could do vision stimulation throughout the day. One of the greatest ways to do vision stimulation is to take your child to the grocery store. The grocery store usually has great illumination. You could take your child into the produce department and they could see the colors and they can see and reach and grab for apples and they could smell things. And all of these things develop the neural connections within the visual centers of the brain. And we know that two-thirds of the brain is connected to vision. So we want your child to learn the association with what he or she sees with what he or she feels. I know that as I was losing my vision, it was really interesting that after a while, my fingers, I could just sense that my fingers were starting to take over. If I reached inside the refrigerator for something, just because of the texture, I could immediately tell, okay, this is a peach, this is a pear, this is an apple. So children really need to learn all of these other types of tactile senses too. If your child has very limited vision, Go ahead and let your child feel so many different types of things so he's already learning to use his hands and his fingers to process. We now know that many children who are very low vision but are reading Braille, we realize that the area that they normally would use for vision is now being taken over completely by reading Braille. And so this explains why some of these children can read braille at a rate that is much faster than a person who is sighted can read with their eyes. So overall, I just want you to remember that this summer is a really great time to take advantage of the weather and you can do other types of things to stimulate your child's vision. You don't need and you shouldn't wait for the teachers or the early intervention specialists to come and work with your child once a week for an hour. You really should make this as part of his or her everyday life. And with this, we know that you will then have done everything possible 
to maximize your child's overall development. So, I hope this is helpful to you. And then again, in September, we'll be resuming these types of topics on vision and development. So, at this time, I just want to remind you that this is being recorded, so you have access to this at uh, www.brailleinstitute.org. And also, it's being recorded by AirsLA at www.airsla.org. Okay, so uh, we'll take any questions. Does anybody have any questions? What we'll have you do is we'll have you uh, unmute your phone if if everybody has their phones uh, muted and wants to ask a question. I think it's star six. Okay. Well, if anybody has questions that, that they want to ask uh, privately, I know a lot of people, they often don't like to be hearing their voice being recorded. So if anybody has questions, you could definitely contact uh, Sue Parker Strafasi. And you could email her questions at uh, S Parker P A R K E R hyphen Strafasi S T R A F A C I at Braille dot org. So that's Sue no, excuse me, S Parker hyphen Strafasi at BrailleInstitute.org or uh, you could contact me directly Bill at Dr. Bill Foundation and that's D-R-B-I-L-L Foundation.org or uh, you could call us at uh, 323-906-3138 that's 323-906-3138 or my phone number is 310 310- Five nine seven twenty five forty nine. Okay, well, thank you very much for joining us. Yes, you got a question? Yeah, uh, the question is, at different ages, are there different things that you should be looking for? And the answer to that is yes. Uh, again, the first step, though, we really have to do things in sequential order and we want to first make certain that all the appropriate and necessary surgeries have been performed. Number two, if there's been certain things, such as maybe the lens has been removed, we have to put the glasses on. Now, once we put the glasses on, that is almost like the child is a newborn, because this is the first time in the child's life that light is actually focusing on the retina in a normal way. Before that, For example, if a child's had a retinal detachment and has had cataract surgery, no time in this child's life has the retina ever sent signals to the brain, and at no time in this child's life has light from your face or the TV or a tree focus on the retina. So once we have surgery, and then let's say that we prescribe glasses, Once those glasses on, at that point, we're thinking of this child visually as a newborn. So because a child's like a newborn, we then want to go ahead and use black and white patterns, present them at a distance of 8 to 16 inches, and the first thing that we're going to be looking within the first three months after wearing glasses, 
three months after wearing glasses is is this child starting to become aware of where people are okay if you make noise you call his name is he starting to turn his head towards the direction of where you are because that's the most youngest developmental skill that we look for and then three months later from that we then want to find out is your child able to be aware of where other objects are does your child see things that might be on the right or the left or above or below or things that might be coming closer okay so we go through things in a step-by-step -step sequential order and I think that for uh, your son's specific condition I wouldn't expect your son to actually see anything of significance right now until we get those glasses to replace the removal of the lenses of the eye and after we get that then the first thing I'm thinking this is just like a newborn and at that point we're going to be doing those activities to develop those skills that a, a newborn or a one month and two month and three month would so I would recommend we really have to see if Dr. Tawanzi, when you see Dr. Tawanzi in a couple of weeks, ask Dr. Tawanzi if he feels things have healed to a point where we can now prescribe the glasses.